Woo, yeah, I receive it. <laughs> Woo, amen. Good morning. Actually, good afternoon, I guess, about lunchtime. <laughs> I promise I'll get you out of here on time for lunch. Sorry, I just broke a promise. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, 25 minutes. Here we go. I'm setting my timer. Get you out of here by 1230. That's going to bonk at me at 1230. So, yeah, we're going to go into an encounter. Going to go into, well, we've been in an encounter, but my goal is to teach into an encounter this morning. Okay, Marsha, you in? Yeah, I heard somebody say one time that any revelation from the Lord that doesn't bring you into an encounter with God only serves to make you more religious. Ouch, huh? Let me say that again. Any revelation that doesn't bring you into an encounter with the Father only serves to make you more religious. <laughs> so let's go into an encounter today. Ooh. Hey, did y'all know that, speaking of encounters, did y'all know that Isaac is getting married? He's getting, y'all stand up. Come on, the couple. Come on, y'all stand up. Yay. Woo. Yeah, and his fiance is from New Zealand. Yeah, congratulations, guys. So excited. The big day's in February. So pray for them. Mercy, Lord. February. Get it here soon, God. Wow, that's awesome. Well, we went on a two-day camping trip. Yeah. Praise God. We went. That's all I can say. Um, all the kids, and uh, including the three-month-old, had a good time, mostly. If I'm in a little bit of a fog, just forgive me. Literally, night before last Friday night, I think I got one hour of sleep. You know, isn't that great? Don't you just love camping like that? You know, had a great time yesterday. Uh, kids, we were out in the sun swimming and fishing and swimming and fishing and six, eight hours. So you can imagine what our car ride home was like. <laughs> Sunburns, exhausted. But here we go, Sunday morning. <laughs> feeling really spiritual, you know, it's one of those mornings I woke up and I'm like, oh God, am I praying, am I leading, am I preaching this morning? <laughs> grace for grace, so hallelujah, and uh, remember last time I spoke, I talked about speaking to the clouds and when I was on the beach with the kids and seeing the Lord, yeah, preserve the well, that Friday we're out there with this, there's 80 people from River Life camping this weekend. And so we're all, not all 80, but a bunch of us are out in this swimming hole out there on the lake that we were up. It's up near Wilkesboro. And, uh, you know, this big afternoon thunderstorm starts heading right towards, you know, one of those you can see coming, hear the thunder in the distance. And I'm like, all right, everybody stop. Come on, we command you right now, rain, dissipate, go around, da 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 And then, uh, like, Tony Baker gets on his phone and starts watching the radar. And you know how on the radar, like, the thunderheads are, like, bright red? He goes, Matthew, I'm telling you, literally there was this bright red, huge thunderhead headed right for us. And then all of a sudden, it just, right before Wilkesboro, it broke up and went around on either side of where our location is. <laughs> so... Yesterday we were out there again, and the same thing, you know, we heard a clap of thunder way off, like, boom, 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 you know, when you just hear it, and, all, and, and some kids and, turned to me and goes, Matthew! <laughs> I'm like, wait, 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 time out. This is not about me. I mean, I'm not the one that's doing this. Y'all go ahead and speak to it. And, you know, all kidding aside, I know they were just doing that because, you know, kind of having a good time. But I, it, 
it spoke something to me, though, at the same time I was just talking to the Lord later. I was like, isn't that kind of, though, the human condition? Like, if we see God use some person to do something, then we just presume that, well, that's just the anointed, or that's just a, they've got this particular gift or that gift, and I've got this one, they've got that one, and that's just kind of the way that it works, you know? Usually, when it comes to ourselves, we think a little more lowly than ourselves than we ought, you know? Well, of course, this person has got this prophetic thing. That's, who they, that's what they do, you know? But so we're talking about spiritual gifts, and um, the one we're on this time is gift of faith. Come on, somebody. Gift of faith. Who wants gifts of faith coming on you? And then in 1 Corinthians 12, it goes into gifts of healings and miracles and such. And I just felt like that this morning, the Lord said, camp out at gift of faith. All right? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to camp out for the next 20 minutes now at gift of faith and see an encounter with God bring transformations in our, the minds of our hearts regarding a perspective. Because really, that's what we all need, is we need perspective shifts. Okay? Now, in worship here this morning, in the presence, in the glory of the Lord, how many people love to just get in the glory realm, just the presence of the Lord? Yeah. Most people would agree with that. I know Isaac does. You can see it all over his face. You know? Pretty good. That's pretty good, isn't it? Pretty good impersonation, Isaac. Um, sorry, I'm just, I'm just going to pick on you the whole time, Isaac, I guess. But uh, how many people have, have uh, in the past experienced like some inner healing, like some perspective shifts in the presence of the Lord? Have you ever had that happen? How many people have ever been physically healed? Even, really? Wow, look at these hands. In the presence of God. How many people were in some meeting or maybe it wasn't a meeting and in the presence of the Lord and you made a decision to get born again? Raise your hand. Yeah, a lot of people there too. I mean, I was thinking about that when Becky got up here and was praying, or whoever. I was so just intoxicated in the Lord. I can't remember who was saying what. But just that thing, there's nothing like just getting in the presence of God <laughs> and seeking Him in His world. God is spirit, and true worshipers will worship Him in spirit and in truth. And so many times I've had to realize I wasn't meant to worship God in my world. I'm meant to worship God in His world. So let me get to that realm and that place. And I was praying this week with, uh, I believe it was Marlon and Andy, and uh, we took some notes from Michelle Perry and Dan Duke, some people who've been through here recently. And Michelle was saying in their church or their ministry there in Sudan, you know, their, their problems on a regular basis are so monumental and so overwhelming that they have to get their leaders together and make these decisions. So he goes, you know what we do? <laughs> we get together and we get really drunk in the Spirit of God, really intoxicated in His presence, and then we start making decisions. <laughs> We're just kind of sitting there, wow, cool, you know, I mean, you know, what do you say? I mean, just, <laughs> We're like, yeah, so... Monday, wasn't that, was that Tuesday morning? Tuesday morning, we just got in there in the prayer room. We need to make some decisions. We had this project to work on for, for some vision for the next year. So we're like, guys, let's just go after it. And it, she was right. You know, and it's funny what kind of decisions you make. <laughs> Can anybody say with God all things are possible? <laughs> you know, like impossible stuff. 
Guess what? This tries to talk you out of it. But you are meant to be ruled by the mind of your heart, not by this. This is just the servant. This is the master. <laughs> so in that place of the Lord's presence, he gave me this scripture. I was just called to my memory. Luke twelve thirty two. Jesus said, do not, hey, Travis. Travis lives in Wilmington. Hey, man, good to see you. Do not fear, little flock. Something just caught me there. Uh, little flock. You think he was like insulting them when he said that? Like what if someone came up to you and like, do not fear little flock. I think there's actually a key here. I think little flock indicate you got to become like a child in order to see the kingdom. Ah, so he's speaking to a specific perspective person. Do not fear little child. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Tap your neighbor and say, it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. <laughs> it is not only His privilege, not only is He bound by His covenants, but Jesus said it is His good pleasure. He gets excited he jumps around. You know, dad and mom's like on Christmas morning. When you're a parent, is it more, is it more exciting that you're going to get something on Christmas morning or what you're going to give to your kids? Way more what you're going to give, right? That's how the father, that's how papa sees it. It's my pleasure. I can't wait. Woo! I can't wait to get my kids all that I have for them. All the fullness. So guess what? When it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, it's not like, well, Natasha, you were born in this year and I gave you these gifts. Mm, make the most of them. I'm coming back holding you accountable. Judgment Day. Now, what is, how big is the kingdom? Well, I don't know. It's the whole thing. <laughs> he says it's my pleasure to give Ron to the kingdom or a part of the kingdom and then give Wesley another part. No, give my flock, give, give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give to the poor even. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old. A treasure in the heavens that does not fail. Where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where is our treasure? Ooh, the kingdom, Lord. Last time I shared, and just the intro to these spiritual gifts, Revelation 4, 5, just a reminder here. It says then, from the throne, John saw this and heard Jesus talking about this, proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Right now, as real as you and I looking at each other are, there are seven torches or bonfires, or whatever they literally are spiritually, they burn right now in the throne room around heaven, around the throne of the Father, right now as we speak. Doesn't the Bible say that you and I can freely enter the throne room anytime that we want to? So if that's true, <laughs> right now, there's the torches. I was mentioning the last time, thinking about on the day of Pentecost, they saw the Holy Spirit as flames of fire. You think they were accessing the seven torches? 
So out of these seven torches are the seven spirits of God. Isaiah 11, we're not going to go there today, but Isaiah 11 specifically lists what the seven spirits of God are. And where we're at in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul is giving further voice to our explanation of those seven spirits and how they play out in the body of Christ in the church. And there's a couple other places in Scripture where he does that as well. So we talked about words of knowledge and words of wisdom last time. And today we're going to talk about a gift of healing. I'm sorry, a gift of faith. Sorry, healing's next time. Gifts of faith. Now, I kind of alluded to this, but... When it comes to the matter of spiritual gifts, there's this debate, there's this question that everybody has, or they, they, they have it, but they may not know it, and it is, are the gifts sovereign, are they just given, or are they sought after? Can I pick the ones that I want? Has anybody ever thought about that? How does that work exactly? All right, let me give you an answer. Yes. It's the divine tension in Scripture. God sovereignly gives you the things that you need. The ones you want, you'll have to go after. Isn't that interesting? I love the way he set that up, though. It's kind of the best of both worlds, in my opinion. What is faith? We'll come back to that in a moment. Faith, well, there's a lot of diversity of answers if we went out on the street and said, What is faith, sir? Put on the microphone, little video camera. Well, I, I, I'm, I abide by the Christian faith. You know, that's one definition of faith. Another person might say, well, you know, faith is just blind belief in something, blind faith. Um, that's not the type of faith that we're necessarily talking about here. We're talking about a gift of faith. And uh, we're talking about the Hebrews 11.1 faith. Let's check that out. For faith is the substance of things hoped for. The substance of things hoped for. Now remember... Biblically, the word hoped, it, the better English word here would be certain of. Okay? In our terms, hoped is like, man, I hope it happens. I hope it doesn't rain today. Right? What does that mean? That's like, well, it might, it might not. I hope it doesn't. That's not what he's saying here. He's saying faith is the substance of things you're certain of. That they're going to happen. And not only that, but faith is a literal substance. Is it made of physical matter? Probably not. But it's a spiritual substance. The best thing that I can equate it to is, and I've talked about this many times, excuse me for the repetition, but John, both in 1 John, he says God is love. And then he also says God is light. Well, which is it? God's love, God is light. Yes. God is love light. Light is a physical substance, right? A physical property in the physical universe. You can see it, right? Light. God is light, and that's the love of God. Can anything hide from the light? Nothing can hide from the light. It's all-consuming. In the same way, faith is a substance. How many people have ever had the encounter, an encounter with God, an experience, where all of a sudden you just had faith rise in you for something? And then after a time, maybe it was gone. or what, It's just, what does that look like? I mean, what color is it? You know, like, can you explain that? Not necessarily, but you know that you know there's a substance to it. It's, if you could, you can't put in the English words, but there is a substance there. 
This is the kind of a gift of faith that God is downloading even right now in this room, like gifts of faith. Because I I believe God said camp out on this because right now, especially we're in a season, Matthew, where my body needs a gift of faith, a gift of faith to come on you. What does that look like? Well, here's one New Testament example. Peter and John were walking up to the temple in Acts chapter 3, and they saw a beggar there. Probably walked past the same guy hundreds of times. Same route to the temple. Walked past him. Oh, sir, can you spare some money? Uh, Well, I gave him a 20 last week, but I'm fresh out. He looks at him, silver and gold. I don't have any money, man. But what I do have... I give to you right now, grabs his hand, pulls him up, strength comes to that man's leg. It started a revival. I mean, the place went bananas, caught on fire, the talk of the town. They brought him in, trying to, you know, the leaders, the Jewish leaders were really going after him for this miracle. What was that? I would submit to you that a gift of faith came on Peter at the moment. I would submit to you it didn't happen because Peter was an apostle. Now, that's true. Obviously, he was a a man that had grown in his faith from his time with Jesus. But again, I would get, I can't prove this, but my theory is, I will submit to you, that Peter walked past crippled men all the time. He probably even gave them some pocket change. Not that that would be a bad thing to do. In this time, God came and he gave them that gift of faith. What's the difference? For the sake of time, let me just summarize it like this. I've heard it said this way, is that... Uh, there's, a, there's a number one, a measure of faith. First Corinthians, I think it's chapter 3 or 2, talks about how God has given to each one a measure of faith. That's the sovereign thing. It's like He's given it to you, or whatever it is. And then there's the ever-increasing faith. We're real familiar with that one, right? Like your faith is grown by what you've seen, by your encounters, by your experiences, by the things God's given you over the years as a Christian, whatever. Your faith increases. But then there's a third. There's the gift of faith. And that's what we're talking about here. I define it this way. The gift of faith is the supernatural ability to believe God without doubt and the ability to meet adverse circumstances and perform supernatural works with trust in God's ability, messages, and His words and actions. That's what a gift of faith comes in. Sometimes, it, well, I think almost all the time, it comes and then just as suddenly it's like that substance lifts. And you probably experienced that. I, you know, I'm not trying to put it in a box. Because it's not that it has to or that it's moments. It could be a... I mean, you know, I don't know how God wants to do that. That's more of an observation than anything. Oh, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) It's the substance of the things hoped for, and it's what? It's evidence. It's evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, this is uh, Hebrews 11.3, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. The worlds were framed. I don't believe it's speaking of multiple worlds, you alien theorists. Could be. I could be wrong. It's better translated the ages All the ages of history were framed by the Word of God. Remember how Byron's been telling us, accept the silver bridle last week, because the words that we speak are creating worlds that you're going to live in this year. 
kind of it's a scary thing to some, right? But it's also an exciting thing. There it is, right there, Hebrews 11.3. The worlds were created by the words of God. Christ in you, the hope of glory. If all the fullness of the deity resides right inside of us, the words we speak, His words that create worlds or ages for us to live in. How many people believe that? Thank you, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Five minutes. A gift of faith. Chew on this nugget here. A gift of faith is the realization that God has already prepared a city for you that is accessible now. And releasing the existence and benefits of that city from heaven to earth. How many believe that Jesus, when Jesus said, I've gone to prepare a place for you, mansions and cities and all that, that there's just, as much, there's just as much of a now application of that as a future application of that. See, we've heard it said that a lot of Christians like to put off to the millennium or to when they die and go to glory all the good stuff in the Scripture, basically, is what that boils down to. But I'm telling you, God is not trapped on a timeline. There's this time, what I call a time-space spectrum, and I'm going to get a bit into a little bit of philosophy with you guys. I hope it doesn't get a little too, too weird for you. There's a time-space spectrum in which God is that we're not in this physical world yet. Actually, let me say that again. There's a time-space spectrum that God's in that we are also in, but part of us is not in because it's in the natural world. We are created spirit first and then flesh, right? Our spirit man is already exists in eternity. I mean, the Orthodox Christianity has these two main doctrines. God is eternal and God is omnipresent, right? Time, space, spectrum. You see what I mean? God is not trapped on a timeline. He created the timeline, but He, is never, he has never been, will never be on a timeline, He doesn't see things even in those terms. In the same time, God can be everywhere, any place, all the time. He is. How about you? Not exactly, right? So therefore, if God has created a place for us, not only does that place exist, but it's accessible now. Well, I thought that was a future place. Remember, we don't live this life based upon the present or the past, but upon His future. Everything Jesus did, he did as a man rightly related to God, but he also did as a result of a work that he would do that had not yet happened. Right? By his stripes we are healed. Well, how did he heal all the cripples and the blind beggars and such if he hadn't actually had those stripes yet? He hadn't gone to the cross. All the benefits of the cross, he was operating it before chronologically it happened on the timeline. Shabaraba. Translation, praise the Lord. <laughs> oh man, hallelujah. Glory, Lord. Think about Joshua and Caleb. Old Testament example. Gift of faith comes on these men. They're with ten other guys sent to spy out the land of Canaan, right? They go there. The ten other guys start looking at the land. Which eyes are they using? 
They're using these eyes, natural eyes. And you know what kind of report they gave. We can't do this. The giants are too big, this, that, and the other. A whole laundry list of reasons why not. Joshua and Caleb went. They had a gift of faith come on them. They started looking with the eyes of their hearts. Paul says in Ephesians 1, 9, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, that you might see for the tape. I just missed like the last five minutes on the tape, but oh well. Sorry about that tape. No, it's not recording anyway, so we're all, we're all well and good. Just throw it all away. Ooh, this is a Holy Ghost setup, I'm telling you. Something's about to happen that was not supposed to be caught. That's right. The campers are missing out altogether. We're going to pray. And I want you to look with your eyes, the eyes of your heart. Okay? We're going to go. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit just to take us wherever He wants to go. And I want you to go. Close your natural eyes so they won't be a distraction. Okay? And with the eyes of your heart, your spiritual eyes, I want you to go with God. And I want you to, when you go to wherever, I want you to look around. Ask Him to show you. Just look around and just observe with your spiritual eyes. And see what you see in this place. Okay? Are you ready? Okay. Thank you, God. (laughs) Oh, you said to pursue love and eagerly desire the spiritual. So we just desire your world right now. (laughs) Oh yeah, see it's so accessible. Thank you that we were born again into another kingdom. A spiritual kingdom. So come, Daddy, just take us. Take us right now. Show us around your kingdom, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How many people saw something? Just raise your hand up if you saw something. Hallelujah. What did you see, Art? If you, do you mind sharing? Wow. The angels, probably. Who else? Isaac, what did you see? Yeah. Wow. I saw all these little children, and then all of a sudden, they're, and these children were almost in this mosh pit of laughter, like celebration thing. And then there were these little crippled children that jumped up off the ground and began to be like just carried away by this exuberance and just experiencing the joy of Daddy's playground. Who else? Anybody else want to share just any little observation? Barbara? huge flame of fire there's so many cool things that God has to show us if we'll look with our spiritual eyes and here's what this has to do with the gift of faith in a moment we just want to pray for a fresh reception of that particular gift if you want it but the way what it has to do with is so many of us all of us face situations relationships you know, just obstacles in life, or like me and Andy have been visioneering like some new dreams, like for our lives, some things we want to do with our lives. And whenever you're doing that, 
go into those, those places, like look with those eyes at your dreams. Look at those eyes like Joshua and Caleb at your giants. God, I got this giant of debt, for example. Okay? Well, actually, we're going to get rid of that. We were praying about that this morning. But let's say it's a giant debt. Close, go to that place. And here's the thing. You don't have to have your favorite worship leader. You don't have to have T.D. Jakes or whoever your favorite TV preacher is. You know, you don't even have to have two cups of coffee, even though I like that. But, you know what I'm saying? Just go to your favorite place with the Lord and get a perspective. Get a perspective on that thing. And then God's going to come in the middle of those, those challenges and those places with that gift of faith that's going to be like the sword that chops off the giant's head in the land. Amen? So I just wanted to activate this thing with this little kind of experiment to just encourage us that God really does have these places to go. Now let's, let me just say this. If you want just the Lord, just a fresh mantle of, of faith, just a fresh gift of faith just to fall on you right now as we're dismissing. Just stand to your feet and we'll go after that. Honey, do you have something? Well, I just wanted to encourage everybody that I really just see the Lord giving us vision for things right now. He's really, He has adventures, journeys, things for us to go on. And I really just saw during worship today, one thing the Lord spoke to me this week is that you really do. It is the truth that without vision, people will perish. That the Lord really does want us to give us a vision of where we're going. You know, of Him, really, is the truth of the matter. Whatever it is, it all boils down to Him. But it's like He gives us these visions because then in the middle of everything, it gives you what you need to keep stepping. You see what I'm saying? But what the Lord was showing me today is during the in the middle of the everything, He is going to use these all, everything you're going through to serve you. It really is going to serve you. He is going to work everything together for your good. He's going to teach you in the middle of these places. He's going to give you these gifts that you're going to put in your pocket. Okay, that you're going to become a part of who you are by walking out day by day, experiencing God in these places right where you're at, in the part of the journey that you're on, and it's going to serve you in your life. These giants, these, these lions, these different things that you are facing, the Lord is going to give you victory in them, and then you're going to put those things in your pocket because it's going to come and you're going to be able to pull it out and use it when the giant's facing you. Do you see what I'm saying? But what the Lord wants to do for you is give you vision so that when you're walking and it's really painful, when you're trying to run even, it's time to run, okay? But it's painful and you're wanting to give up and your, your muscles are hurting. You're going to see that mailbox. This is because I'm saying it in this terms because this is what happened to me. This is the way the Lord spoke to me this week. I was walking. Then I started to run. I was going up uphill. And I wanted to give up and just stop because it was hurting really bad. But I saw the mailbox. And I said, Lord, if you'll just get me to the mailbox, then I'll stop. And the Lord said, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm giving you vision for where we're going. So that you won't stop in the middle short of what it is I really have and want to release through you. Well, today he's saying he's wanting to give you the gift of faith. Put it in your pocket. 
as you're walking out these things, let him teach you, let him do this work, and let him let these things serve you in your life. It's an exciting journey that we're on with him. Yeah, I'm just, I'll tell you this. This week was the mark, the second anniversary that um, my friend Matt was killed. And on Thursday, June the 9th, you know, I had this choice to make. I shared this with Angel. Is I can go back to that place of mourning and really never be able to overcome all the grief and all the, all the sadness and all the pain, which there will always probably be an element of that. But I was reading 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and it says that if Satan would have known what the spiritual results of crucifying Jesus would have been, he would have never done it. And I said, I for one am determined... That Matt Stewart's life is going to have so much fruit and such an impact even from here on out. That the devil's going to regret the day that he cut a life short. You know, and I found so much faith in that. It's like faith rose inside of me. And such a motivation to take the gospel of the kingdom to the ends of the earth. First and foremost because of my passion for Jesus. And his love for the world. But secondly, because of my love for Matt. And what his heart was about and his commitment. And you see, that's a, that's a perspective shift. Keeping my eyes could be on all the natural. But instead choosing to look at the supernatural. And the greatness of our God and what God can do. So, let's just receive it right now. Father God, we thank you Holy Spirit for your ministry in this room this morning. We thank You even now that as Your presence has just settled all over this church, God, we receive, we ask right now for a gift of faith, gifts of faith in full measure to come on us, God. We pray that in those moments when we need it the most, in good and bad moments, that You would come, Holy Spirit, that You would fall with the gift of faith on us to believe for the impossible, to see things that are not as though they were. God, to go places without even knowing where we're going. Like Abraham, like Sarah who was barren and could not have children. But in the day of promise, she bore the child of promise. Oh, let the gift of faith come on us. Just like Paul said, that the, there's a spiritual inheritance in this heavenly realm. What that means is that all the people before us, all the saints from the, new, the Old Testament and the New, that didn't even see the promises, those are your inheritance. And the gift of faith is releasing those things into your heart right now. We just receive them all, God. We receive them all. We thank you, God. We give you all the glory. Amen. All right. As always, if you need prayer for healing today or salvation or whatever.